83 churches were vandalized or burned to the ground. Uh, some of them over a hundred years old. I mean, this is absolutely disastrous to me. And it was all based on what? Empty graves. And so I want you to realize as well, when I posted that, I had nothing to say about the residential schools. I was not looking at that as part of this issue. I was looking at the fact that the graves were empty and that the murdered and missing women, it was done within their own community. And I thought that the nation and the natives would have uh, celebrated these things, that these were good things, that we didn't do these vile things. Again, it was not anything to do with the residential schools. It was to do with the government propaganda that is hurting society, that is pushing UNDRIP and empowering the UN. And it's empowering the chiefs to think they have more authority in this nation than they do. Why would you want to live in this bitterness and this anger? Before I go into the actual report, I found these two verses today as I was thinking, you know, about this. And it says uh, in Hebrews 12, 15, the Bible says, look after each other so none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And I read that verse today and I thought, look at what this has done to the natives for, for decades, right? It has, it has been this root, this poisonous root of bitterness that has grown into their lives. Well, welcome everyone. Thanks for joining us on the Empower Hour. Heather couldn't be with us tonight, so uh, it's a good timing. We don't have a special guest. I'll be uh, hosting the Empower Hour tonight and giving a special presentation on UNDRIP and how the WEF and the uh, UN and the globalists are using Indigenous people around the world to advance a very nefarious agenda to rob us all of our lands and our rights and to gain control of our water and our resources. And so, you know, going into this tonight, I've, I've taken some, some uh, knocks in the chops over the last weeks, but it doesn't bother me too much because that's what happens when you're proclaiming the truth. And I do it with love in my heart. I mean, if I was cowardly and I had no backbone at all, I wouldn't talk about these issues. And I think that this is something that we need to understand and appreciate. We need to understand what the objective is of, of the UN and why it is and how it is that they're using certain individuals and why it is that they're trying to, uh, you know, develop this, this kind of understanding. They've been, for decades, I've got to tell you, for decades, they've been conditioning us to think a certain way and to accept anything they've put out there. And so if we need to apologize for the rest of our lives and, and they would profit from that, then you can bet that the government is going to do it. And, and so we need to have some conversations in order to break free from oppression in Canada. We as Canadians are actually living in oppression. And who is the oppressor but the devil himself? If, if, if you're an unbeliever, uh, you have recognized in the last three and a half years, I've had so many atheists and agnostics tell me, saying, you know, Tanya, I may not believe in God, but what I've recognized is I'm getting closer there because I see evil, unlike anything that I've ever seen in my, my whole lifetime. And so where there is evil, there is also good and only God is good. 
And uh, so we're going to get to some hard truths and then we're going to try to figure out how to unpack it, how to move forward, what steps to take. There's a lot of talk. Again, it's been marketing. How will we get Canadians to go along with this with eventually it uh, basically being a noose around our necks that they've been slowly tightening and tightening and tightening as we've been accepting this lockstep. And, and so part of that is we know where they're going with our kids in the school system. I just didn't, if you didn't see the weekly update, I encourage you to go in the description after we've uh, posted this video on Rumble. Make sure you give us a thumbs up, like our page, subscribe to our Rumble page, please, and, and share the information that we're putting out there. But go to my weekly action, and um, I reported on the ways that the government is using multiculturalism to uh, destroy our democracy, the way that they're using our education system to indoctrinate our children and to use them as agents of change and how they're using tonight. We're going to talk about the indigenous people, the natives, the aboriginals. I don't like the term indigenous. It's a new term. And you know that if the UN came up with that, that there's got to be something nefarious behind it. And it doesn't even, to the best of my knowledge, they haven't even given it a description. There is no true dip definition of what Indigenous person means. And uh, my understanding is, is that, you know, if, if uh, anybody who is Indigenous, say in Australia, New Zealand, can come to Canada and take over uh, portions of those lands or take advantage of lands that the natives to Canada have been on. And so it's very divisive. And uh, so I appreciate everybody, your knee-jerk reactions. Just hold on to them as, as we go through the process. I did have it on the map here for the weekly update. I encourage you to get involved with Action for Canada and to make sure that you go down below here. If you can be a chapter leader, do so. Volunteer, sign up for a chapter. I'm just going to keep going down there. There's strength in numbers. We can overturn governments. We, we collectively within our communities can raise up incredible leaders and get them elected into office. And we've already had great success with that action for Canada in getting many school board trustees elected into positions. And we're just going to keep chipping away at this until we take our country back one step at a time. All right. I'm just going to jump ahead here. Sorry. My apologies. That was from uh, the um, action, the weekly action. Okay, so I'm going to jump around a little bit. Uh, the report today is going to be, we've called it the Canadian Systemic Racism Ruse and Truth and Revelation. All right, with the truth and reconciliation, we're going to talk about these words. We're going to talk about uh, the intention of the report today. I'm going to talk about why I ended up re uh, writing this report. And I feel even slightly insulted. I don't want to maybe use the insulted. I don't want to have to explain, you know, that I'm not a ra racist and that I don't care about Indigenous people. I don't care about what went on in the residential schools because anybody that knows me, anybody that's been following me for the last eight years knows that my heart has been in fighting for every single Canadian. Through covid we were fighting to get the notices of liability into the hands of Indigenous people, Natives, because they were being targeted for the jab, right? And, and if we were to talk about a genocide, it's been a, a genocide of uh, citizens around the world. And we know that the government had tar targeted um, Natives and the elderly. Then they went for our children and pregnant women and the rest of it. But I've been fighting for everybody. 
And um, I've helped through my church. There was a family many years ago, the Hussein family. They escaped through Turkey. They got into Canada. I brought them food and, you know, I helped their children out and brought them clothing from the school. I have always loved everybody. But what I love more than anything, what I care about more than anything is the truth and that we've got to talk about the truth. And I care that if somebody is being harmed and they are being used and as victims, they can be conditioned in a way that uh, we know that they don't know how to step away from an abuser. And so I'm hoping that this report tonight will do that. But for those of you who have been calling me a hater and a bigot and a racist, which is all completely false and defamatory and libelous, I will restart the report saying the following report does not deny that there were Native children who were removed from their homes, attended the residential schools and experienced abuse at the hands of morally corrupt individuals who were in charge of their care. It was an atrocity. And there's absolutely nobody is denying that those abuses took place. Okay, I have to start with that. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, I want to solidify what it is that Canada is founded on. All right, the Europeans came into Canada. They didn't come in and subjugate. They didn't come in murdering people and uh, raping and pillaging the, the nation. They came for a better life from Europe to set up in Canada. And, and they, uh, you know, began to settle and they began to sign treaties with the natives and trading. It was a much different scenario than what we have seen. It wasn't a war as to how the Europeans came. Now, the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, it says, whereas Canada is founded upon the principles that recognize the supremacy of God, the God of the Bible and the rule of law. This is supported by the coronation oath, which says that this country must be um, ruled by biblical Protestant principles. And then, of course, the Constitution Act, which I'll get to a moment, which also solidifies that this is a Christian nation. They should have never come in. We've had warnings in the Bible. It says, when you go into a land, do not sign treaties. And, and so the treaties and UNDRIP are causing the indigenous people uh, to be, uh, I don't want to, not slaves uh, to the government, but wards of the state. And I, I know that I was talking to a lawyer that was representing chiefs during the 2019 BC signing of UNDRIP. And the lawyer said, don't sign it. This is not a good deal for you. Something else is coming down the line. And now we're all hearing it in the 2030 agendas, etc. So we do need to, for everybody's benefit, we need to revoke all of the um, Indi the Indian Act and uh, the UNDRIP is unlawful. It It is done in the sneaky background and it is not in line with Christian principles. It is not in line with a person's right to own their land. I've worked really hard to um, own my home and my land. And I'm not going to allow any sneaky deals going on in the background between the BC government and the federal government with these natives to steal my land from me. All right. That is theft and it's wrong. And, and we need to call it what it is. It's no tit for tat here. Um, you know what? This is outright theft. This is lying. This is cheating. This is stealing. And it's all going back in the background. Now, you may say, right as I'm talking about this, well, what did, you know, the Europeans do when they came here um, and taking the land from the, uh, the natives? 
What we need to understand is that natives had immigrated to Canada from Asian countries and, uh, you know, for whatever hundreds of years, and there was like 600 tribes and they're all in fighting. And there were some that were very brutal. There were some they've got, uh, I believe it's in San Francisco. There's a museum. It's got in the scalping tools. Uh, they were vicious towards each other. There was uh, fighting consistently. And uh, so there were land rights as far as territories of uh, natives that would cross into what other people would call their territory. And, and so when the Europeans came in, they created a commonwealth. They brought wealth into the country. They brought the rule of law into the country. They brought civilization into the country and we have all benefited from that however the natives have not benefited even though we've given them billions of dollars because you can't give something somebody for nothing you have to instill in them uh you know an, a working ethic right my mom and dad did that for us instead of my mom and dad coming to canada and claiming victimhood over the war and how their houses were bombed and destroyed and they had no food. My mom lost all her teeth. I can remember as a little girl, she was already had dentures on the bottom and I don't think she minds me telling this because it's it's the story. And I remember coming home from school when I was a wee little girl and she'd had all her top teeth removed and there there is no retribution for that. There was no financial uh, you know, compensation to the wars and, and uh, for the Jewish people as well. What we had to do and what my mom and dad did is they instilled an incredible work ethic in my brother, my sister and I. They encouraged us in our education and always expected us to be honest and to apply ourselves. And, and they modeled that goodness for us. And so we need to help change and break the system of abuse that's going on within the native community. We need to stop the funding that's going on towards them. It's breaking the backs of Canadians. It's obviously not um, benefiting the natives. And unfortunately, there's many, there's good chiefs that are really working hard for their communities and doing the things I've suggested. But there's also very corrupt chiefs. And, and we've heard it. They're pocketing the money. And if there are projects they're giving it to family members and uh, the only one benefit benefiting are a small group. Uh, the chief signed deals with uh, the medical uh, field nurses and uh, getting the jab into their nations rather, you know, than doing what was best for their people and researching, you know, is, is do we really need this? Is it beneficial? Uh, there was many uh, natives who were kicked off the reserve because they wouldn't take this uh, medical treatment. Uh, it's not a medical treatment. I don't even want to call it an experiment, this bioweapon wasn't even an experimental treatment. So with that, I'm, I'm now going to move to section 52.1 of the Constitution Act, which says, I've read this many times and I'm going to do it over and over until you guys put it to memory, okay? The Constitution of Canada is the supreme law of Canada and any law that is inconsistent with the provisions of the Constitution is to the extent of the inconsistency of no force or effect. And so if our laws in our country are to be uh, based on biblical principles if uh you know if anything that is put into law is inconsistent with the principles that uh canada was founded on then they're of no force or effect and since justin trudeau has come into office he's passed things like bill c16 allowing biological men into women and children's uh, um 
places. All right. Now we have problems with our judges because a lot of them are so spineless and they're not uh, going to, according to section 52.1, they're not upholding our charter. They've done that so much as far as, uh, you know, people's right to bodily autonomy as well. There's many examples I can give. Uh, they softened the laws through, I think it was Bill C-75, uh, which softened the laws on sexual offenders and, uh, of course, opening up and softening towards pedophilia. Again, there's so many laws that the government has passed that are in violation and inconsistent with the uh, Constitution, and they have to be immediately revoked. But, of course, we're working towards that in getting good people into office who will actually do this. I mean, we want to go through and we're just going to slice through it. Another thing in Exodus 34, 12 in the Bible, it says, be very careful never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are going. If you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. And again, I've been bringing this verse up as I've been presenting on this issue, because again, it's trapped. We're not only trapped, right, by these treaties that are hurting Canadians, and but the natives are, are trapped and they're being hurt by these treaties. So they need to be revoked. Let's get into why I wrote this report. Uh, so on October 12th, uh, it doesn't show the time of day here, but it was, I believe, oh, at nine o'clock. Uh, oh, that's weird. It wasn't, it wasn't in the morning. It was at night. Anyways, uh, this report had come in through Lauren Gunter and it was called Indigenous Female Murder Stats Clash with the Liberal governments. And so this report had come out. I don't recall hearing it anywhere else on the mainstream media, but um, it is the, uh, finally the investigation has been completed about the missing and murdered uh, women and that 86% of the murders were done within the Indigenous community. So in my mind, if you go back and listen to my weekly update, I talked about the critical race theory. I talked about how it is hurting our children. They have a best friend who are white and brown, who live in the same communities, whose parents are, you know, um, have the same wage and money coming in, the same privileges. And now they're being taught that uh, white boys have to stand up and apologize for their whiteness. And all of a sudden their friends are looking at them through these uh, different lenses, right? This is not the values that we instilled into them. So in my mind, I'm looking good. This poison can finally, all of this that's basing this can finally stop. So it said, I said, in haste, it's time to pull the plug and end the charade of the truth and reconciliation witch hunt. The graves are empty with, uh, and indigenous violence is their own doing. Now, when I posted that rather quickly, you know, you can only have a few words on Twitter. Uh, the uh, most people didn't uh, bother who are attacking me to actually go in and see the evidence. Lauren Gunter did an amazing interview in reviewing this information. And if you go down into the comments section, there are many natives who are giving testimony of how things on the reserves are really bad and within their culture, they're having a, a really hard time and they recognize that there is systemic abuse within their own community. That is not our doing, right? Um, and, and there is dysfunction there and it needs to be uh, resolved. Now, people could say, oh, it's because of, you know, the white people when they came to Canada. Stop using that excuse. No, we can't use that anymore. If that was the case, then my mom, who was severely abused, went and on top of all of that, 
home was bombed and the food and so many things I could tell you about there as many of you can give testimony of uh, family members who came through the war as well as my dad if I was a victim if they were a victim of abuse then I would uh, be in perpetual abuse as well and I am the survivor as abuse as well as a child not because of my family uh, but because of an incident so I could be uh, a victim and and looking for the world to solve my problems but instead I worked very hard at getting the help that I needed and, uh, you know, intended to, to be a, a fully functioning and healthy person. And we want that kind of uh, restoration, you know, for the natives as we're moving forward in this uh, conversation. Uh, the next link was, uh, then next thing you know, I am going to the... Um, uh, island and I am about I'm not sure why that page isn't loading that's a little bit odd I did have it open I'm sure it will let's just try that one more time before I carry on that's really crazy I had both of these links working prior to that okay so uh, this one was uh, Port Alberni Chief Ken Watts sent out a public statement as I was going through my speaking tour and I'm sorry that uh, the document isn't coming up I truly truly don't understand why it's not working I finally find that really odd okay and and so he had just said horrible things he had said that I was a bigot and that Action for Canada uh, you know uh, are far right uh, racist and that we promote racist and hate and there's no evidence of it I've never promoted racism or hate I'm actually doing the opposite of that I'm saying talk stop talking about the color of people's skins and uh, you know what if we're gonna talk about you just don't you can't you know that movie you can't handle the truth <laughs> that's what this is about is we're actually talking about the truth of what's happened so he goes through this vitriol um, I did write a letter of response again my apologies why it's not coming up it's not uh, really the important part of this as uh, I'm not sure why I had that verse there that's okay I'll be coming to that at at the end I think I put it in the wrong spot oh goodness sakes um, now the murdered murdered and missing indigenous woman link will not show as well so this was the government uh, report and I will find a way to bring this up so through all of this I now on the island I'm traveling with one of my chapter leaders we've been at a speaking engagement in Victoria uh, we were going to uh, Cobble Hill and then we were going to Port Alberni and all of a sudden you know these letters coming out saying uh, you know I'm not welcome in Port Alberni and it's like well you know what these roads are paid for by taxpayers and this is where the indigenous people have been emboldened with the idea that they have the authority to abuse me as a Canadian and and tell me that I can't travel or go and speak to members of Action for Canada and have a meeting and so he was quite proud of the fact that the event it was a business owner who was going to open up her facility and she was attacked so badly on social media and so he said that uh, you know people in the community had reached out to the business owner to appeal to her no they didn't they threatened her they they had vitriol and so she was so concerned she decided uh, to shut the venue down but that didn't stop me from going into Port Alberni and meeting with members and our leader I'm not going to be uh, you know pulled into this uh, bullying tactic but I meant what a disgusting way for men 
to treat women. We were two women traveling on our own. We had four couple, two couples ended up driving in behind us. But coming into Port Alberni, uh, you know, it was unsettling. I'll tell you that uh, because this man, this chief, uh, he should be reprimanded because he incited hate. Who knows what people who have been, uh, you know, so much uh, groomed by the government, the media and society to hate white people and see us as the enemy. But I haven't wronged them in any way. In fact, I'm trying to help them and I'm saying, please, you know, we need to put an end to this. There comes a point in, in the past where things in the past need to, uh, uh, need to stay there. Like it's done. And I know somebody had quoted on, uh, Twitter today and I wrote it down. It said, bad things have happened to every race. The difference is some move on from the past and some don't. And I mean this per individual, not even race generali- generalizations, but you could argue all points. Someone else's past doesn't define yours. And that was even me as a victim. I figured if I stayed in a state of victimhood, then my abuser would continue to have control over me. And so who wants to do that? And, um, you know, there's also the other side of it that as this unfolds, that means that, uh, you know, the gravy train, uh, the money that is coming from Canadians, it's going to cease. It has to stop. We can't continue to carry this load and for something that we never agreed to and that we weren't responsible for. And until the UN starts demanding that the Islamists give the country back to the Christians and pay them billions of dollars in retribution um, until the Irish, you know, are provided retribution as well and financial. It just isn't going to happen. This is part of the progress of civilizations and the results of wars. And we need to all move on. And uh, it is too big a burden for Canadians to carry anymore. So uh, this was one of the things to adopt the uh, implementation of the United Nations Declaration back in uh, July. This was a report and several of the provinces have come out and said, absolutely not. Uh, uh, surprisingly, Doug Ford, uh, well, Jason Kenney's no longer around, but Saskatchewan and Manitoba and New Brunswick wrote a joint letter to the Prime Minister Trudeau in the spring of 2021 asking for amendments to make it clear that the UNDRIP would not change provincial laws or challenge provincial jurisdictions. And of course it does. That's the whole point. That's why they want to implement UNDRIP. It's an incremental step towards the UN coming in and doing the land grabs and the resource grabs and the water grabs. Now, in my report, in that um, when I had posted on on Twitter, I had said the graves are empty. And so here it is in Kamloops. It says there's been no human remains found, as well as in uh, Edmonton, Nova Scotia. I believe this is uh, Manitoba. And there was another one that I, I can refer to as well. Um, but in the meantime, what the government did and the media did by supporting this idea that, uh, you know, bodies of children were thrown in mass graves, that there was a mass genocide. It inflated the already uh, growing resentment and hurt within the Native community. 
Instead of being grateful for the billions of dollars that Canadians have provided, the housing that we've provided, all of the perks that we have provided, uh, you know, they don't have to pay taxes. That you know, they they got a market on the fishing industry and the salmon industry. None of that means anything. There's no proper perspective here. So what happened was 83 churches were vandalized or burned to the ground. Uh, some of them over a hundred years old. I mean, this is absolutely disastrous to me. And it was all based on what? Empty graves. And so I want you to realize as well, when I posted that, I had nothing to say about the residential schools. I was not looking at that as part of this issue. I was looking at the fact that the graves were empty and that the murdered and missing women, it was done within their own community. And I thought that the nation and the natives would have uh, celebrated these things, that these were good things, that we didn't do these vile things. Again, it was not anything to do with the residential schools. It was to do with the government propaganda that is hurting society, that is pushing UNDRIP and empowering the UN. And it's empowering the chiefs to think they have more authority in this nation than they do. And they're coming to steal your land. And that's wrong. And and so I I could easily provide the evidence. Um, and somebody had come up and said, oh, well, Port Alberni, I think there was 68 children's bodies died. Well, you know what? There's tons of white children that were also buried and adults in the graves. And we know that there was diseases that many children died from, you know, so it, I still don't see anything here to support this. And why would you want to live in this bitterness and this anger? And so with that in mind, before I go into the actual report, I found these two verses today as I was thinking, you know, about this. And it says uh, in Hebrews twelve fifteen, the Bible says, look after each other. So none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. And I read that verse today and I thought, look at what this has done to the natives for, for decades, right? It has, it has been this root, this poisonous root of bitterness that has grown into their lives. And then, uh, you know, it has grown into from that, that they are owed something by today's Canadians and that that they have you know all of these rights beyond nothing in Canada as far as the charter is concerned about us all being in the constitution equal under the law it doesn't exist and I'll point that out as to where some of those areas apply so or this we're 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 even as Christians even as a society to support this any longer to me is sinful because because if I love somebody I want to see them step away from that poisonous boot, root of bitterness. I have a family member, an elderly um, uncle, who has this bitterness in his heart. He remembers every wrongdoing that was done to him. And I understand it, but it has eaten him up. And, and you know, where he has so many things to be grateful for in life. And that's the thing the Bible tells us to do. You know, rejoice and be grateful for the things you've been blessed with and your life will transform. The other verse is Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And my desire is like, we're all going to be standing before God one day. And even non-believers, you're going to be standing there and you have an opportunity. You know, John 3, 16 in the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it only comes through the belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that he came on this earth as a final sacrifice for all. And that all we need to do is believe that God created the heavens and the earth and everything in it, and that he sent his son for us, that his blood covered our sins, and that we just need to ask him into our life. And when we die as Christians, we know we're going to heaven and we're going to stand before God. All of us will be in judgment one day. And he's either going to say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant and welcome to the kingdom of God, or he's going to say, I knew you not because you didn't know me. And there's a fiery pit of hell for eternity. And so why would I want to live in lies? Why would I want to see people living under false religions and false teachings that are empty, right? And praying to numerous gods and praying to the earth. And what salvation is there in that? I mean, you can see in the fl- in a flower and how it's developed in the creation of a baby. Um, I'm going to be a grandma soon and I can't, I can't wait to hear, to hold my little baby Walker in my hands. That's going to be his name and uh, look into the miraculous uh, function of how his body works because God created him in his mother's womb. He knew him before time began and he knows each one of you so much that he knows how many hairs are in your head. And if you're bald, (laughs) he still loves you and he knows you very intricately well. But if we love people, we're going to speak the truth so that they don't live in bitterness, resentment, and in oppression. We need to be free and we need to be free indeed. And so um, now just moving forward uh, into the government's Canada and the sustainable development goals, we were screaming from the rooftops way pre-COVID about not signing on to this. Uh, Stephen Harper had signed on to sustainable development goals. Here they are. They're just a big joke. Uh, You know, they sit around, made these little symbols. It all looks very colorful, impressive, but it tells you right here, clean water and sanitation. They want to take your Uh, have control of all the water over the earth. Uh, No poverty. We know that's not working. Neither is zero hunger. Uh, We've got more people hungry in Canada and poor than we ever had in the history of this country. And that's what Trudeau has done. Uh, Health as well. We've got more people sick uh, from the jab and being destroyed and injured. We got our kids confused. There's no gender, gender equality. That doesn't have anything to do with that. That's about confusing our children. Climate action plan as well is to, you know, push this agenda again to say resources are bad, go on electric batteries while they're selling everybody electric cars that are blowing up and no good. And it's on the backs of slaves, uh, you know, making these, uh, getting the uh, lithium for the batteries, etc. It is complete fraud. And it's a money wealth transfer and it's our natural resources. It's oil that's clean and it's our oil they want. So make no mistake. They're pulling the rabbit out of the hat. So you're all fanciful over here. Look at what the government's doing while they're pushing all of this agenda, affordable and clean energy, like I say. And so we're going to get into... um, Uh, how they're using the indigenous people as well. So moving into that, they've implemented the United Nations Declarations on the Rights of Indigenous People, otherwise known as UNDRIP. And it says uh, the implementation of the action plan, there's 94 actions to the action plan, and the UN Declaration. See that? The United Nations Declaration. I have been calling for the Canadian government to pull completely out of the UN. 
They are, um, you know, an enemy of our state. Anybody that aligns with them is committing treason. Yes, Trudeau. Yes, Ken Hardy. Yes, liberals. Yes, Christia Freeland and all the rest of you. You are committing treason against the citizens of this nation. And um, everything needs to be overturned. And all of us need to unite together as Canadians to close this down. So they say, uh, so the, and the UN declaration will contribute to the government of Canada's continued efforts to break down barriers, combat, combat systemic racism. There's no systemic racism in Canada. And I proved that on the uh, report that I did in the weekly action. You can go back and listen to that. Uh, racism and discrimination close socioeconomic gaps and promote greater equality and prosperity for indigenous peoples. When you create preferential treatment for one group, we are no longer equal. You can see that when they put this crazy ideology um, into the human rights uh, code to amend it to include gender expression and gender identity. Once they did that, all they're saying is everything in the schools, religion doesn't matter anymore. It's all about the LGBTQ. So you can see that they are creating dueling laws, dueling societies, and right now they're trying to elevate the natives because they've got a bigger plan behind it. So understand what it is and all their fanciful, it's almost like this, this uh, wicked magic that, you know, they're, they're putting into words and then sending them out to the population. Like none of us, uh, you know, will, will be able to, to see between and read between the lines. The other part I want you to note is that it goes, this act provides a roadmap for the government of Canada and first nations, Inuit and Metis to work together to implement the UN declaration based on lasting reconciliation, healing and cooperative relations. Well, my goodness, there's another war starting between the First Nations and the Metis over agreements that have just been, you know, signed and put forward in Ontario. And now I'm going to go into the report. And as I go down to the bottom of that report, you're going to see, like, this is about land rights that were First Nations. Now the government, the federal government is signing treaties with the Metis saying that, oh, yeah, yeah, you can go into their land. And the First Nations are saying they have no right to this land. That's why I say all of the treaties, all of this has to be stopped. And of course, there's billions of dollars of Canadians' money uh, being, being wealth transferred into this, and people are getting paid a pretty penny for it. Uh, this is the uh, video I've mentioned a couple of times that I did a few weeks ago. If you want a short synopsis, uh, you know, a bit about what this report is about. Um, and then I say the report, this report provides a balance to the ongoing false narrative behind the truth and reconciliation campaign, the missing and murdered women and girls and accusations of mass graves and genocide of indigenous people. It also exposes the multi billions of dollars that the government has con and continues to give to the natives tax-free and the expense at the expense of non-native taxpaying citizens. It will further reveal there is a much bigger agenda at play behind so-called truth and reconciliation. The reality is that this is a psyop. Uh, they always want to manipulate our emotions, right, to get things going, right? And us nice Canadians are falling for it hook, line, and sinker. But you're finding your voice. You have a right to oppose this. Um, your country relies on it and the future for your kids. And so they're exploiting the natives to advance the WF's agenda. 
and uh, land and Agenda 2030 land and resource grab. The UN on the rights of indigenous people was developed as a leverage control of the land. We've talked about that. All right, here in the section is the budget. As I was digging into that, they've just signed on to 23 billion agreement to compensate First Nation children and families, 23 billion. But I feel like when I'm looking at this budget, I keep saying we are far beyond reconciled. We've since 2015, for monies that we know of, understand you could double or triple this. It's already been $103 billion that we've paid to the natives since 2015. This is money we don't have. We are bankrupt as a nation. We don't have this money. It's monopoly money. The government's printing it. Uh, I, I, I have no idea where they think this is coming from. And so they're upping our taxes. Canadians are probably getting less than 50%, uh, you know, because of the amount you pay in tax. So on top of the 23 billion, uh, 68.6 billion had been paid. And now there is a, a new uh, agreement that I also noticed with uh, a, a treaty that the First Nations are into, where now they're going for another payout of 126 billion to First Nations in Northern Ontario. Chief Dean Sayers says, this is only a first step. The proposed agreement only deals with the past annuities. Okay, when I saw that, I'm just like, seriously, we can't afford this, it's gotta stop. They gotta start paying taxes, they gotta start working for a living, they gotta be, you know, get, make sure these kids are educated, stop victimizing them because you're only growing up victims. And, uh, you know, that they're somehow entitled to receive this money from the race of Canadians. And so, you know, some people would say, don't bite the hand that feeds you. And yet here they're chewing our arms off, right? Saying you're not doing enough. And, you know, because of your whiteness and all the colonialism and all this garbage, you know what? We've been very blessed in this nation. I am so grateful to our founding fathers. I am so grateful to those who created a commonwealth, created laws. Now, if we'd only been responsible ourselves and voting people into office that upheld Christian principles and our laws, we wouldn't have had pedophiles coming in and softening our laws to make room for more pedophiles. This attacks wouldn't be going on within our schools if we truly cared about the moral and ethical state of the individuals that were put into office. We're all responsible and we need to turn this around. Here is the report about the government report on missing and murdered women. Not only were the homicides uh, by the Indigenous people, 86% uh, was, was from Indigenous, but the majority of that were men killing the women and the girls. Not It wasn't that the police and the RCMP and white Canadians didn't care about this. I was sick every time I heard about it on the news. But it really disturbed me that uh, we would be painted in such a manner. I mean, I am not a racist. I'm offended. I'm sick and tired of being called it. It's happened at school board meetings, and we're done with it. And it's up to every single Canadian together, regardless of the color of your skin, to shut all of this down. Now, and as well, it says Indigenous people are given three years less prison time than white people for the same crime. I mean, where do you get off in doing that? And since 1999, judges have been compelled to give Indigenous criminals lighter sentences because of the general hardships of growing up Indigenous. All right? Like I said, the, you know, my mom and dad came to Canada. They had me. I raised my two kids. And you know what? I didn't raise them in victimhood as well. And, and so they're paying their taxes and, uh, you know, being part of the community. So why is it 
that, you know, young people should be uh, given the thought that they should be in this perpetual state of victimhood. It's the same thing for the LGBTQ kids. Why are you raising them up to be victims? It's, it's beyond me. Okay, there's the report from Lauren, Gun Lauren Gunter. Here are the links to the reports that I told you, uh, you, you know, about the uh, graves. I think it was uh, Saskatchewan was also the one, and many of them were saying it was an official cemetery that included the remains of many adults. And uh, Canada was attacked as well as Christians and our founding fathers. Sir John A. Macdonald's statues were torn down and names of building were changed over all of this. All right, so watch these two documentaries. They're both very well done. It scandalized a nation. It outraged a Pope and a Prime Minister. It gave birth to a new national holiday, and it was all a fraud. Just wrap your minds around that. So Keith, Chief uh, Ken, uh, you know, he wants me to be quiet because he doesn't want to hear all of this because he's doing the backroom deals with the BC and federal government to receive all of this money. And, and so they're just going to throw us all under the bus. They don't care about anybody. They just care about themselves. And, uh, you know, some of them were, well, it's finally, we've got a voice. Well, I'm sorry, with the billions of dollars that we've paid out, I would say that Canadians have been more, uh, you know, than reconciling, you know, for what happened. We're done. And, and it's time for the past to be put in the past and for us to take a massive step forward. And that means us all being treated equally under the law. They even want to post legislation against denialism of so-called residential uh, school deniers. But again, nobody's saying that harm wasn't done to kids. We're saying we need to move on and, and pass that. Again, no apology is being made uh, regarding the churches. I, I would recommend, you know, and I, as well, I got to go back here. I want you all, if you were in a community where John A. Macdonald was torn down, uh, you need to demand, like in Victoria, British Columbia, Mayor Helps, she went out there and they took John A. McDonald. We need to put him back up. All right. It, 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 it's enough of this. All right. This is uh, Chief, Chief uh, Ken. Uh, sorry, what's his name? Sorry, my, my apologies. Uh, okay, Ken Watts, chief elected uh, chief counselor in Port Alberni. And I didn't mean that he's a duck or anything when I put this title. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. And when I had said in my post on twi Twitter that we need to end the charade in the witch hunt, I meant it's that this is a witch hunt. They're, they're in schools calling, uh, you know, white colonialism, white privilege. Uh, they're embarrassing young people. Uh, the anxiety within our schools is awful what they're doing within our schools. What this gentleman did to me was a witch hunt. He came after me, uh, you know, and, and made statements that were so completely untrue. I was just seeing if it would actually open up again, and it's still not. And, um, you know, to, to, to turn people against me. And he wouldn't even provide the information or clarify that this had nothing to do with the schools. I was talking about the graves. And out of it as well, um, other chiefs got involved in the communities. Our chapter leaders in Campbell River were attacked. And, uh, you know, the chiefs were making uh, comments about them, about having a hater coming to their church. Well, you know what? The videos of my presentations are public, and I even have them right here. Uh, local residents and business owners were threatened and bullied because of this man. And he all talks in his report about that we need love and love and unity in our communities. Well, you know what, uh, uh, Chief Watts, how about starting with you? 
right? How about you start mis stop misinforming people and misleading them, provide them the information. And here's my presentation. This is the presentation I was doing on the trip. And I challenge anybody to go on there and tell, call me a bigot or a racist or a hater based on that or any hate towards the indigenous community. There was none, absolutely none. And uh, so anyways, now they're going after churches, uh, special uh, uh tax exemptions and churches and communities they feed the homeless they they care for the poor they care for indigenous people lgbtq people they don't care about race or the color of your skin or anything i mean the best communities are the churches and 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 you know the most giving and caring and now they are attacking the churches and calling on cities and the LGBTQ are calling on cities to stop providing special tax property tax exemptions. And to some churches that really helps because what, you know, they're giving out all of this food. Where do they think that comes from? And, and it is the, uh, you know, the uh, community within the church from their tithing that helps fund all of these things. And, and helps these individuals, and especially in such a time as this. Uh, then they give this false report about me being banned from the mission school board. But it was because I, was, I had shown the pornographic sexually explicit books. I think I'm the only one in Canada who succeeded in that, in showing the books at a school board meeting. And the, uh, a month later, they banned me from presenting at the school and being there. And then the uh, news headline read, Mission School District bans anti-LGBTQ group from presenting at meetings after graphic slideshow. <laughs> I, I, I laugh every time I say it because it's so out, outlandish. It's outrageous. You know, that why didn't, in none of the articles, do they actually support or, I mean, provide why it was that I banned or the books, which I've provided here. Take a look at those books. These are what our kids have. I'm fighting for our kids. I'm fighting for Indigenous kids not to see, Native kids not to see these books. Anyways, as I dug into all the chiefs that are involved here, I see that they've, you know, that we're really onto something here in exposing it. And it's these, uh, these deals that they're signing in the background. This one's in uh, stage five. Isn't that remarkable that none of these, I don't know, um, if Ray is on, or Ray, if you have any knowledge as to why I can't access uh, any of my PDFs. They were all working beforehand. Okay, sorry, here's one. Uh, so they've, uh, BC have been in treaty negotiations since 1994. These no negotiations are now in final stage, stage five of the BC treaty process. And subject to further and ongoing cons consultation, negotiations are expected to close in 2024. And they're developing like their own laws and their own nation within our nation. How is that going to function? A nation divided, right, is, is, is absolutely going to fall apart. It, it can't be done. So they're doing this all in the background. They do have it on, if you know where to look, you can find this information. And then there's these land rights. 30% of Canadians, I think, uh, con conservation land is now part of this agreement. But it is it's a non-binding agreement. Uh, so I don't know the purpose of it. I can just imagine the millions more of Canadian dollars. Or I think they're putting, uh, BC and the government are putting a billion dollars of our taxpayers into that as well. So anyways, you got to know what's going on. You got to attack it. We got to stop it. They're um, in doing what's going on with the cities is the cities are going along with this as part of the ESG scores and the DEI. 
I won't go a ton into that because I know I've got about uh, 10 minutes more, 15 minutes more before I, I wanted to try to do this presentation within an hour. But the ESG scores are, of course, and the DEI is Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Framework. It seeks to promote the fair treatment and full participation of all people. So it seeks to uh, promote the fair right treatment of all people. But it says particularly groups that uh, have been underrepresented. Uh, so you can't have to promote and support all people and then go particularly. So of course it goes to the LGBTQ and the natives and it goes on race baiting and all the rest of it. If I were the natives, I'd be so, um, uh, you know, appalled. I'd be uh, so offended that they were giving me special privilege based on that. I, I think that we should all, you know, have the self-respect to, you know, want to have earned uh, you know, the right to something and that we should all be treated equal under law. So this social credit score, the ESG scores, the diversity scores, this is all, you know, right out of the Chinese communist uh, playbook. And it's all the cities that can say, yes, we're, you know, uh, we've, in, we've uh, uh, um, implemented this and, 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 you know, that rotten action for Canada and those nasty churches who are speaking out against the natives or, you know, have uh, opposed the LGBTQ agenda that's sexualizing our children in the school systems. We've banned them now. You know, they're not going to get any uh, special financial provisions from us. And uh, that, that's what they're doing. But years ago, Trudeau, there was this uh, precedent setting case. And if you're a pastor or a business that is undergoing this, I put this case on the webpage so that you could refer to it. And uh, Redeemer University College, uh, they had taken on the Canadian government because uh, Trudeau had put out this job attestation. And uh, normally governments could, for years and years and years, they would apply to the government for grants to run the summer camps for the kids and disability camps or whatever it was, and uh, they would receive uh, funding. And now you had to sign this new attestation say, saying that you were, uh, you supported a woman's right to choose. Well, churches, right, that they were conflicted. We can't sign that because we believe in life uh, from conception. And so this church, they then went to say, well, you need to provide safe and inclusive spaces, which we know is all about the LGBTQ. Again, the church is loving to everybody, but we're not going to allow you to come into the church and start pushing your propaganda or tell us I, we have to teach our kids they were born in the wrong body. So again, conflicting ideas here. They took them to court and they won. All right. So this is a case that I believe that you could quote. And it says, um, the decision interfered with fundamental freedoms, those of freedom of conscience and religion, freedom of expression and freedom of association provided for in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Can you imagine that a judge actually ruled that way? Uh, so anyways, uh, refer to that because I think that it applies as well with what these um, uh, business, uh, sorry, the uh, mayors and city councils are doing to individuals, uh, you know, to, to uh, really discriminate against them. And we can't permit that to, to happen. So one of the reasons we're doing Action for Canada with all of the chapters is so that you have really strong communities so that if a church is going through this, people can come alongside, help to create the paperwork. And as well, what needed to happen is when uh, one of the churches in Courtney, 
uh, they had had already that exemption pulled and it was five or six letters from LGBTQ activists who had written the city, uh, you know, complaining and whining about the fact that somebody opposed their ideas. And yet I think it was 160 letters came from our side and the city um, has not taken that into account so far. So there is way more on our side. So can you imagine if there's election, we'll, we'll get our people voted in. And that's why we need you joining an Action for Canada chapter as well. Okay, this was just to point out that Thompson Highway has very clearly said it's in, important to report both sides of a story. According to Thompson Highway, he had a very uh, um, positive experience along with many other children who, even though it was difficult to be separated from their families, were grateful to get an education that led to successful careers. Thompson Highway himself became an acclaimed author and playwright Thompson also confirms that many children died of tuberculosis, which also affected white children. So he brings a fat balance in his um, uh, news report here. He said, you may have heard stories from 7,000 witnesses in the process that were negative, but what you haven't heard are the 7,000 reports that were positive stories. And the more I'm talking about this issue, the more people are responding to me. I have a dear, very dear friend, and her great grandmother is actually in an, like an indigenous museum and uh, she has all kinds of artifacts and letters there. And this wonderful lady, she was in the residential schools and her experience was amazing. She talks about how she just loved and adored the principal. I have another friend whose um, aunt's friend was in residential schools, again, very positive experience. And so we do need to hear the reports. Again, it's not to say that we're, there were those that didn't. In society, like with my mom and others, there are horrible, horrific people in society, and that's that evil that we've spoken about. And uh, we need to come together and, and make sure that we pluck out that evil. And that means getting Canada back to uh, living under good, godly Christian principles and really paying attention to who we vote for. All right, uh, this is a video by um, Alex Newman. It is fantastic. He goes over how the Indigenous people are being used for Agenda 30 and WEF goals. He is in America, of course. Alex has been on the show many times. And then this one was Leighton Gray, who's a lawyer in Alberta. And he was on with Iron Will. It's about 10 minutes. Uh, you can sign up and also see the full version. But even what he says within the 15 minutes of this video um, was very compelling. And, and um, uh, Leighton is half Indigenous, so he comes from it. He's also a Christian. And he comes from it from a perspective of all sides. And uh, I think what he has to say is very powerful and how Article 26 specif specifically states that Indigenous people have the right to lands, territories and resources. It, and uh, Liberal government is aggressively moving forward with UNDRIP regardless of the fact of the provinces that you say, citing concerns that it would impact provincial laws and jurisdiction. Um, let me just see what I've got here. Uh, yeah, that we must implement foreign standards. And that's why I keep saying this is treason, right? The, the, the UN in all levels, even with the digital ID coming in, with the lockdowns, they are interfering with our democracy. They need to go. And um, anyways, I'll just uh, carry on. Uh, again, I mentioned how the Bible says this, as you can see, I'm going to repeat what the Bible says about not signing treaties. Be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land where you are going, or they will be a snare among you. And I, I think you can see how uh, for, the, for the natives and for 
Canadian citizens, non-natives, you can see how this is a snare for everybody involved. Uh, do, do take the time to go into these 94 calls to action. Uh, text of oath. So um, I didn't know this, did you? In June of 2021, as uh, number 94 of the 94 calls to action for the Government of Canada's progress in responding to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, they, they uh, put through an act to amend the Citizen Act, uh, act. And so now it also includes, it goes, I swear or affirm that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, her heirs and successors, and that I will faithfully observe the laws of Canada. Now, if you go back to my weekly action, did you see the Muslims or the Sikhs or the Hindus obeying the laws of Canada? And that's why I'm talking about deporting them. They took an oath, right? Including the Constitution, which recognizes this is what they added. This is what they snuck in which recognizes and affirms the ab Aboriginal and treaty rights of the First Nations, Inuit and Metis peoples, and fulfill my duties as a Canadian citizen. So the people that can be deported should be so because of this, that's a side issue, but this needs to be removed again. All right, we wanna get away from the treaties, it's hurting them, and this again is a sneaky in incremental step that UNDRIP, the UN, is forcing, forcing in. Um, I mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, how there's 600, over 600 tribes in Canada. They're, they were all in fighting. I had uh, lunch, I've mentioned this many times, with Chief Kenny Blacksmith almost four years ago, three and a half years ago. And uh, I had said to him, they're all in fighting. And he goes, and they still are today. And when I said this report, this is uh, one of the chiefs from the First Nations. And he is very upset. He's even trying to contain himself and saying this is going to hurt our relationship with the federal government because the federal government is now giving land rights to the Metis and they don't agree. So read into this in information and I'll say a little bit. I'm going to, you know, about the uh, land acknowledgements. And the reason is um, that land acknowledgements, I think I mentioned this earlier, was that so different tribes knew they had to acknowledge when they were coming into different lands. Like right now, the Medes, Medes are just going to be able to uh, walk into the First Nations so-called land. I don't agree with any of this, but these are the, uh, to use the language and, and now call it their land, right? Everybody is Indigenous on the land, etc. And And so you just can't have this. This is, this is chaos that they're creating. I said, by continuing to entertain the myth that Europeans stole land from the natives, it is perpetuating a much larger problem. And in the meantime, these unlawful and non-binding agreements are emboldening the natives and giving them the impression that they have more authority than they actually do. Like uh, Chief Watts telling me that I wasn't welcome and, uh, you know, like as if he had the authority to keep me from coming into Port Alberni. Your bully and you don't have that authority, and uh, you know what, we're, we're not going to come into agreement with that. Um, in another report that Lauren, Lauren Gunter did, uh, Misunderstanding Over Indigenous Sovereignty, he said, but the current grass, sorry, but the current gross misunderstanding of just what Indigenous sovereignty means come mostly from myths and fallacies First Nations have told themselves over the last three or four decades. Myths and fallacies that have been encouraged and reinforced by politically correct politicians, academics, activists, and judges. 
And then I said in the 1990s, uh, the land acknowledgements were part of internal protocol amongst First Nations to acknowledge whose territory they were on. It became more widely recited by non-Indigenous people after the release of the 2015 Truth and Reconciliation Commission. I've been saying this is a problem, right? The government has 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 um, emboldened them and, and they're the force and, and the foundation from which all of this, this is coming into our society. And uh, so Commission report and has been used ad nauseum ever since. Political correctness and social justice is fueling this beast, but at the core of it is a Marxist global agenda seeking global control. I am calling it heretical treason. Uh, Bonnie Henry is the health officer in uh, British Columbia. She says, this is the name of a video and on her website, introduction to unlearning and undoing white supremacy and racism in the office of the PHO. I said the title alone is despicable and manipulative. If Henry is admitting she's a racist, then she should be removed as PHO. But if she's speaking for the rest of Canadians, she owes Canadians an apology and needs to delete this page. It is heretical treason. This nation is founded on Christian principles upheld by our rule of law. In this video, this silly woman here, I think her name is Dr. Kate, uh, Bonnie Henry describes herself as a white settler, and Kate refers to herself as a white occupier. Um, and, and so again, it's just feeding into all of this. Unfortunately, it doesn't stop there. You can read the language uh, that, you know, they say, we acknowledge with respect the inherent rights of the First Nations whose ancestral territories cover every inch of the province known as British Columbia including their unextinguished land rights and rights to self-determination, health and wellness, etc. Then it goes, we also recognize that many Indigenous peoples uh, from elsewhere in what is known as Canada, I looked at that and I'm just like, enough, right? Enough of all of this. This is the global agenda trying to take away our borders and have a global world government. And I'm not going to give into this language. Don't use it. Don't facilitate it oppose it. We need to make sure that this is indeed part of uh, the next election, one of the top issues, all right? Uh, then it goes, uh, sadly, the PHO's office isn't the extent of it. This propaganda has crept into society and land acknowledgements and vitriol regarding colonialism and white privilege is being spouted at municipal meetings in the media, the classroom and more. Citizens are even forced to agree with land acknowledgements by woke school boards who are overstepping their authority in order to attend meetings. And this is from the mission school board. They're the ones that uh, I, I've, they can't lawfully ban Action for Canada or myself from attending school board meetings. This is a civic meeting. We have a duty to attend it. But they're also the, the ones that are so woke. And now in order, land acknowledgement and privacy disclaimer, this meeting and mission, and mission public school district is located on the traditional ancestral unsurrendered and shared territories of, and then they go into it. Well, our chapter members and citizens are in an uproar about this. They said, I, I'm not in agreement with this. And, and again, it needs to be overturned and it needs to stop. This is a violation of Canadians' Charter of Rights and Freedoms, such as the freedom of thought and belief. In addition, I've already covered the... Um Sorry, that would have been in the weekly update. The cultural humility self-reflection tool that was accidentally sent to parents in Ontario, but was meant for teachers to fill out. And the teachers are being told to agree they must explicitly decenter whiteness because racism and white pers uh, supremacy persist today as historical legacies of col colonialism and slavery. It's, it's outrageous. 
And so seriously, I need so many people to come on board and, uh, you know, really understand what's happening here. So in closing, I asked the question, a couple of questions. Some are, you know, a bit of food for thought. Where would Canada be if it weren't for the Europeans and our founding fathers who formed this nation? How blessed we have been because of them. And we cannot sit back and allow this truth to be erased from our history. Okay, if you are silent and do not oppose these treaties and agreements, then you are in tacit agreement with them. Therefore, it is critical that you rise up in opposition and demand the government revoke them. Canadians' land rights are also protected under the Constitution, Charter of Rights and Freedoms, and the Coronation Oath. If you go along with something, you are in tacit agreement. Something can be unlawful, and if you go along with it, you've made tacit agreement because you haven't opposed it. A tacit refers to something done or made in silence, as in a tacit agreement. A tacit understanding is manifested by the fact that no contradiction or objection is made and is thus inferred from the situation and the circumstances. So that's why I'm saying this has been a tacit agreement, non-binding agreement that the government has kept forcing on us. You need to be perpetually uh, victimizing the natives. You need to be perpetually sorry for people, you know, that you, from 100 years ago, 70 years ago, right, for things that were done. Don't be perpetually sorry for, you know, anybody else, just this group of people, all right? It's not healthy. It's not healthy for us as a nation. It's causing chaos. It's causing division along with their open borders and the mass migration. If you're not opposing it, then you're accepting it. You're putting your head in the sand and you are in tacit agreement. So Action for Canada is trying to give you everything that you need in order to oppose this, to stop it and help us fight. Our founding fathers, we just finished Remembrance Day. And what our founding fathers gifted us with, what our soldiers gifted us with by with their life was freedom. But freedom is just not passed to the next generation as we're seeing. We have a responsibility and duty to fight for it. And just in closing, to put it in final perspective, is anyone asking the UN why they're so fixated on Canada and Christian Western nations? Why is it that they're not, and this is only an example, I know I could bring up other ones, because there's, there's Pakistan, North Korea, Korea and, and China to speak about as well. But the Islamic nations are most well-known, and you can see what they're doing around the world right now with the vile Palestinians being everywhere out on the streets and uh, causing complete destruction, chaos, and threatening people within Western communities. And so this is not something that's new to the Islamic community, but that they were doing since time began, since they, uh, it was 600 years after Christ, they modeled the Quran, you know, after the Bible, it's a complete knockoff, but with violence that perpetuates it. You know, my God came in, and, you know, and he calls us to love and he loves people so much that he wants them to come and know him. Um, you know, the the Islamist uh, individual who they serve, they want the infidel murdered or forced into believing what they believe. And, and it's tragic to see. But when I say this, I'm going to just turn around back to why is it that the 
UN is not pressuring the 56 Islamic majority countries. Whatever countries there were stolen from the Christians, were taken, subjugated from the Christians. Why aren't they demanding that they give the countries back to the Christians like Egypt, Turkey, Lebanon? They're overtaking Jerusalem. There's only 2% Christians. Jerusalem is, Israel is God's country. It's God's country. And, and you can go back to biblical times and, and read about Jerusalem. And, and God has control of those nations. That's why they've never been able to destroy it. But, but when we look at all of these nations that they've overtaken brutally, and, you know, there's no comparison to how our, our um, you know, the Europeans came in, like I said, with trading and, and, and uh, signing treaties compared to the violentness of the murdering, raping, and beheading just like they're doing today, going into nations and bringing their violence. And so we have to have a proper perspective on everything. It truly is time from the bottom of my heart, from the good of everybody, we, we need to stop and we need to collectively come together and find a way to put all of the chaos, all of the infighting, all of the division that the UN and the government are perpetuating so that they can bring in their solution as a one world government, right? And so I'd rather be under the complete control of God Almighty than of this global cabal. So do you believe it's time for the government and the Native communities, um, I, I want to say, to apologize to Canadian citizens and cease and desist all gratuitous funding? Every able-bodied Canadian should be expected to work for their own livelihood. We're not expecting an apology. We're not even saying, you know, you, thank you. You know, for all these years of supporting us financially, none of that will ever come. And in my heart, I don't even care. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for us all to start fresh with healing to come together and build a country that we can all live truly peacefully under. And when we work for property and we work to buy a home, that there would never, ever be a threat of somebody conniving in the background as to how they could come and seek and steal and destroy and uh, rob people of what they've worked so hard for. And so uh, just thank you so much for the time uh, to spend with me going through this report. I hope that you've found it helpful. Um, if you have feedback, please write to call2 at actionforcanada.com. Uh, try to be nice, you know, if, uh, if you support what we're saying. I know that if you look down in a lot of the links, uh, a lot of Canadians, including the natives, are, are at the point where they're ready to stop with the treaties where they're ready to revoke them and they're ready that they want to cease and desist all funding and that our tax dollars go back into building our all of our communities for the benefit of everybody equally and that all Canadians would be treated equal under the law. So anyways, like I say, I hope this was hopeful. Uh, sorry, I hope this was, uh, yeah, hopeful too, but I hope it was helpful and that you give us a thumbs up, that you share, uh, you know, this information uh, with others and this video we're going to have links to some of the things that I've spoken about tonight and to the report in the description we hope that you will share this information as well so in closing um, Terenzio let's bring up our guest for next week is going to be Dr. Ann Gillies Action for Canada is committed uh, to working on so many different issues because we know there's a lot of Canadians who have a greater concern over one issue maybe 
than the other. So we have the 15-minute cities. We are now incorporating the UNDRIP because it involves the global takeover of our resources, our waterways. Those reports are in there, right? And uh, as far as our waterway and our resources and our land, and as well as, um, you know, our businesses, we're coming up with a new business resource to help uh, business owners. We're going to ask you to deliver those resources to businesses uh, because they need to know not to sign into the ESGs or onto the digital ID. Don't, don't take any monies from the government, no financial incentives. This is a global agenda and it will most likely, very likely, I'm very confident of it. it's going to wipe out and destroy a whole lot more small and medium-sized businesses so that the corporations like Costco Wholesale will will be the ones to have the gates and you'll be lucky, you know, you won't be able to buy groceries with Walmart or, or uh, Costco unless you have a stamp and a Home Depot. They're all owned by Vanguard and the others. So the other issue, of course, that's been a number one for me for over seven years is the LGBTQ agenda to sexualize children. And Dr. Ann Gillies, uh, we've had her on as a guest before. She specializes in this. She's amazing. And uh, she's going to come on and talk about her new book and uh, steps that we can take to deal with the fact uh, that gender-affirming uh, care is not actually caring about anybody. And uh, she's going to talk a little bit what families can do to uh, deal with this if it's, if it's reaching their own family. So join us next week. All right, the Bible verses for this week. Acts 17, 26 to 27, from one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he, we're talking about God, marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. And the second verse is from Psalm 22, verse 27 and 28. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. And it says in the Bible, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? All that was in it. And I know false gods have risen up throughout the time because the devil knows the Bible better than anybody, and he is the great, he is the prince of, of deception. He is a great liar. And so why not bring people down a path of false religions? So if you're in a religion, check out what's the core of it. Is it a man that created it? Is it got a date? Uh, you know, we can look at uh, uh, Buddhism. There's a date, a time uh, when that was created. And it's, you know, not to criticize people who are Buddhists. But you know what? Men who created different religions were prideful. It was because they didn't want to bow a knee to God Almighty and to follow the biblical values. They had their own thoughts and their own way of lives. And because of it, earlier I talked about John 3.16, which says, it, um, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish and have everlasting life. So why wouldn't the devil want to lead a whole lot of people down a different direction and never know the name of Jesus? never truly embrace him as their savior and miss out on eternity in heaven. So that's just a bit of food for thought for you to consider. Choose this day whom you will serve and who you will follow because there is definitely a, a narrow path that leads to God and, and to a wonderful um, 
way of life after we're all dead and gone. I know that, uh, you know, heaven, there's a little song that heaven is a beautiful place filled with glory and grace. I want to see my father's face. Oh, heaven is a wonderful place. I want to go there. <laughs> Anyways, all in all in God's time. All right, my friends, thank you so much. Like I say, please help us out by, by sharing this uh, presentation. God bless you and God bless Canada. Thank you.